Thank God today, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, how delighted and how excited we are to just assemble with all of our great faithful listeners around a brand new and very important, very vital topic entitled, Watching the Watchtower. But before we get into this very important teaching and exposition, we want to pause and pray. Now, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share the word of God. You told us in your word, Lord, that we'll know the truth and knowing the truth will make us free. And today we're going to shine the light of truth upon this very capricious movement and theological construct entitled the Watchtower Bible and Track Society. My heart goes out to the hundreds of thousands and millions of people, Lord, today who have been taken captive by this very erroneous and very carcinogenic theology called Watchtower Theology. We pray for the lives, Lord, for those sincere Jehovah's Witnesses, those sincere seekers of truth, those who want to know you, God, and the pardon of their sins, who want to share eternal life with you in heaven. Lord, we pray that the strongholds of deception and that the shackles of error will be loosed and broken through these teachings. We pray that the light and the illumination of your word, it will fall upon good ground and a mighty harvest will come forth. We pray it today in Jesus' name. Before we get into our teaching, I'm mindful of the words that were spoken by Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin says, half a truth is no more than a great lie. Sherakiah said, the earth is supported by the power of truth. All things, they rest on truth. Andre Shakarov, who was the scientist from the Soviet Union who introduced the atomic bomb for the Soviet Union, he said, the greatest power is not the atomic bomb. The greatest power in the world is truth. And in this Truth Matters podcast, we want to share the truth surrounding the watchtower. And my mind goes back to a young girl by the name of Sabrina who got a brand new bicycle and she whisked on her new bicycle. She was full of so much joy and she could hardly wait to show her new bike to her friends at the local playground. And as she was pedaling so fast and she was speeding down the street, she went past an alley, but unbeknownst to her, a drunk driver failed to yield and he hit her. And he sent Sabrina sprawling into a fence those who were witnesses nearby, they ran and they called 9 and then the ambulance arrived and it quickly picked up Sabrina. And then her parents were notified and they rushed to her side at the nearby hospital. And upon their arrival, the doctors immediately began to solicit the parents' approval to administer two pints of blood because they had realized that Sabrina had a serrated artery. And the parents in full horror, wanting to see their daughter live. But they replied, no, we, we can't give you approval for blood because 
we're Jehovah's Witnesses and we refuse blood transfusions. The medical staff, they reconfirmed to the parents the criticality that Sabrina needed the blood, but the parents still, they had to refuse. And the medical staff, they immediately began to request a court order to save the girl's life. And the hospital staff alarmed that time was running out. And unfortunately, as Sabrina, she began to lapse into a coma. And then soon after, her vital body functions were shutting down. The medical staff is pleading with the parents while waiting for the judicial intervention to give the child blood. The parents, they love their daughter, but still they won't challenge the watchtower's forbiddance of blood transfusions. And suddenly, and sadly, Sabrina's heart stops and she's no longer breathing. And so sad to say, Sabrina died. You see, this is the all too common occurrence within the organization that's called the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Thousands of children have been sacrificed on the altar of the Watchtower. And see, we at Truth Matters are, we've researched the Watchtower and our desire and endeavor is to shine the light of God's holy word on the Watchtower's teaching. We're gonna give biblical answers to the numerous Watchtower diversions from truth. But let's, but let us begin with an overview of its origin, its influence, and its also checkered past. And I'm gonna ask you if you'll just write this down in my listening audience, if you would write down www.freeminds.org www.freeminds.org and you can peruse documentation of this very pernicious organization and the practices and its teachings. See, throughout early church history there has risen many oppositions to the church. There's been opposition to it politically and doctrinally. Now one such adversary of the church was what was called the Aryan heresy. What was that? Well, the Arian, the Arian heresy denied the deity of Jesus Christ. The Arian heresy challenged the cornerstone of Christianity. What is that? Jesus being true God and true man. See, the Arians affirmed that Jesus was merely the first and greatest creature or creation of God and was elevated to the rank of a God. See, this teaching first appeared in 319 AD with one Arius of Alexander. Who was he? He was a teacher and a presbyter of the Alexandrian church in Egypt. See, there was much great mystic thought in Egypt during that time since the Greeks concert, conquered Egyptian civilizations. The rationalistic theology of Greece had begun to infiltrate Christian doctrine, forever seeking a reasonable explanation to revelations and mysteries that were never intended to be understood outside of the mind of God. The most profound and mysterious of those revelations was the Trinity. You see, seeking to explain away this mystery, Certain of the Greek-influenced theologians of the era criticized the part 
believed most vulnerable. What was that? The nature and the identity of Jesus Christ. See, prominent among these theologians was Lucian of Antioch. He was leader of the Syrian church. See, Lucian was devoted to the concept, once the son of God was not. He was killed by overzealous members of the orthodoxy for his heresy. See, Lucian cursed his murderers for his prized pupil, Arius, generated more opposition and heresy than Lucian ever could imagine. See, Arius taught that one, if God the Father gave birth to the Son, Jesus had to have had a beginning of existence. Two, once the Son was not. And three, he was created out of nothing. See, Arius arrived at this seemingly reasonable theory because he did not fully comprehend or apprehend the scriptures. See, Arius sought to supply answers where the Bible did not completely expound or illuminate on them. What are they? Namely, how Jesus could be both God and man simultaneously, but staying true to each nature. That blew Arius' mind, and he could not rationally comprehend it. See, Arius dared not deny, but accepted the prophecy of Isaiah 9 and 6. But he never rescinded or renounced his errors. See, the great gospel warrior Athanasius battled Arianism until it led to the Council of Nicaea, which convened in Bithyna in the summer of 325 A.D. See, Athanasius had the pleasure of seeing the Arian theology officially condemned as heresy, and its leaders were excommunicated. What happened? 300 bishops banded together against the Arian minority of 30, which dwindled down to just 18. And as the council set its stamp of approval on what the scriptures always taught, that Jesus is true God and eternal life, according for, to 1 John 5 and 20. See, the Council of Nicaea drew once and for all the line of demarcation between the biblical doctrine of God and the spirits of error. The Arians would ascribe to Jesus titles of his father, but would deny him attributes of the father's nature and essence. The council concluded that if Christ be not of one nature with his Father and of the Holy Spirit, then he must be inferior to them and the unity of the Godhead, Godhood becomes nothing but a hollow linguistic sham. So, far from the Council of Nicaea actually creating Jesus Christ as being God or instituting a theology that Jesus Christ was God, it only confirmed and put to rest the lie or the error that the scriptures didn't teach that Jesus Christ was true God and true man. See, the, today the mystery of 2 Timothy 3.16 of the Trinity remains unsolved as it did in the year 325 AD. The rationalistic mind attempting to analyze God by a scientific or a pragmatic approach still rejects what it can't term 
reasonable. See, there are those who will dishonor and demote Jesus Christ from his deity and demote him from his eternal nature. This Aryan heresy is revived and it's also been repackaged under a new name. What's that new name? The new name is the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society of Jehovah Witnesses. We at Truth Matters would like to say from our hearts that we love all Jehovah's Witnesses. We all have relatives and friends who are baptized members of this society. We pray that Jehovah Witnesses will see our hearts are reaching out to them. And we desire to present truths that the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society has hidden from those who are members of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. So let's look at its history. The Watchtower began in 1879 by one Charles Taze Russell. He embraced the Aryan theology. And when he embraced it, he found it a magazine called Herald of the Morning, which developed into today's Watchtower magazine. The Watchtower has evolved into a circulation of over 17.8 million copies per month and has evolved into 106 languages. Back in the beginning, Pastor Russell incorporated what was called Zion's Watchtower Track Society in 1886. Russell wrote six books entitled The Studies in the Scriptures. The seventh volume, which was called The Finished Mystery, it caused a huge split in the organization. The largest group followed the second leader, Judge Rutherford. And under Rutherford, the group evolved into its present name, Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, Pastor Russell he was involved in many unscrupulous activities such as selling miracle wheat seed. He was sort of like a, a flim flammer and a scammer. Back in the 1800s, he reported to produce five times more wheat than any other seeds. He owned 999 of 1,000 shares of Watchtower stock, essentially making all contributions the property of Russell. Since he owned all the stock, Pastor Russell taught the Egyptian pyramids were God-inspired structures. He used the dimensions and the measurements of the pyramids to prophesy and predict that Armageddon was going to take place in 1914. This is also validated by his gravestone being constructed to look just like a pyramid, and I've seen that gravestone. There is additional evidence Russell had corollary ties to the mystery religion of masonry. See, Russell was a deceiver. He claimed to have great knowledge of Greek and Hebrew and was challenged by Reverend J.J. Ross, pastor of the St. James Street Baptist Church in Hamilton, Ontario. Ross wrote the blistering pamphlet denouncing Russell's theology. See, Russell, he brought a libel suit against Ross for defamatory libel in an effort to silence Ross. However, Ross used the libel suit to demonstrate that Russell was not a scholar. He was not a theologian. In fact, Ross considered Russell's whole system anti-rational 
anti-scientific and anti-biblical, anti-Christian, and a deplorable perversion of the gospel of God's dear son. Ross has stated that Russell had no schooling or knowledge of the dead languages, which were Greek and Hebrew. And see, to prove his purpose of the libel suit, Russell had to demonstrate his knowledge of languages. And we at Truth Matters, we've actually gotten a transcript of that particular hearing. During the hearing, Ross's lawyer, his name was Counselor Stoughton, he asked Russell, who swore before Almighty God to tell the whole truth, did he know Greek? Now here's the transcript. Question from Attorney Stoughton. Do you know the Greek alphabet? Answer from Russell. Oh yes. Question from Stoughton. Can you tell me the correct letters if you see them? Answer from Russell. Some of them. I might make a mistake on some of them. Question from Stoughton. Would you tell me the names of those on the top of the page? Page 447 that I have got here? Answer from Russell. Well, I don't know that I would be able to. Question from Stoughton. You can't tell what those letters are? Look at them and see if you know. Answer from Russell. My way? He was interrupted at this point and was not allowed to explain. Question from Stoughton. Are you familiar with the Greek language? Answer from Russell. No. You see, it is clear that the founder of the Watchtower was a liar, and he was also a perjurer. He first said he knew the language, then said he was shaky at it and would make some mistakes. Then finally, with no place to go, he admitted that he didn't even know it. The cross-examination was not over. Let's view the transcript of Russell's responses to his credentials as a Bible teacher. Question from Stalton. Is it true you were ever ordained? Answer from Russell. It is not true. At this point, Attorney Stalton had to appeal to the magistrate to make Russell answer the questions directly. The magistrate ruled that Russell must answer the questions directed to him. Here are the results of the cross-examination. Let's continue on with the transcript. Question from Stalton. Now you never were ordained by a bishop, clergyman, presbytery, council, or any body of men living? Answer from Russell. After a long pause. I never was. See, Russell claimed that he was not divorced and had no judgments of alimony. Counselor Stoughton clearly produced documents that proved Russell was divorced and had to pay alimony. Russell was a scandalous perjurer, pretending to be a God-inspired man. This is similar to Joseph Smith, founder of Mormonism. He claims to be the instrument of God, but was a polygamist. His disdain, his disdain for black people was also prevalent. How can good fruit evolve from a corruptible root? Russell wrote, no one can know God's plan for salvation without Russell's theology. He also stated, no one can study the Bible alone without his interpretations. 
Russell inspired most of the doctrines and concepts that the Watchtower teaches today. See, in 1908, their headquarters moved to Brooklyn, New York. Acres of land were purchased, included was the Kingdom Farm, a Bible school called Gilead. Russell's continued his preaching until his death in 1916. After Russell's death, total power was passed to Judge Rutherford. Rutherford gained acclaim by attacking all other organized religions. He produced recordings and radio broadcasts blasting what they call Christendom until his death in his mansion in 1942. Rutherford was a great orator and he could hold an audience spellbound. He was constantly at at odds with the governments of the world. He was arrested and convicted for violating the espionage laws in 1918. He served time in the Atlanta Federal Penitentiary, which is not too far from my home. He was released in 1919 and seen as a persecuted martyr hero by those who were Jehovah's Witnesses. Then after that, Nathan Homer Knorr was elected president after Rutherford's death. He established the Gilead Missionary Training School. He was a diligent follower of his predecessor's footsteps by opposing Christianity and any other organized religious movement. Nor died in 1977, and F.W. France was elected to replace him. Which each, and, and we find out that with each succeeding president, the control of the society grew stronger and stronger over its adherents and its members. One gleaming contradiction is the Watchtower's attempt to disconnect itself from its past leaders. They deny that they teach doctrines of Russell, but truth matters will clearly demonstrate that just as Russell was a liar, the Watchtower is also guilty of rank, deception, and error. The Watchtower wrote, who was preaching the teachings of Pastor Russell. Certainly not Jehovah's Witnesses. They could not be accused of following him for they neither quote him as an authority nor publish nor distribute his writings. That's what they said, but we at Truth Matters want to look at the documented facts and see the truth See, historically, Jehovah's Witnesses have quoted Russell numerous times since his death in 1916. In 1923, Judge Rutherford, Rutherford, heir to the Russell throne, wrote a book about 50 pages long entitled World Distress, Why and the Remedy. This president of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society quoted Russell over 16 times referring to the studies in the scriptures at least 12 times. He used six pages to promote studies in the scriptures. In 1925, Watchtower leaders quoted Russell's prophetic chronology of 1914 being the end of the world. In its tirade against organized religion, the Watchtower recommended Russell's writings in the back of the book, Comfort for All People. Also in a book, The Jehovah's Witnesses in the Divine Purpose, published in 1959. Russell was given higher praise, the very highest praise. The Watchtower devoted about 50 pages to Russell's invaluable contributions to to the society and its doctrines. 
As recent as 1978 in the publication Jehovah's Witnesses in the 20th Century, Russell is credited as the Bible teacher Jehovah used to begin the organization. The Watchtower wrote that Christ had appeared the second time on earth in 1874. Rutherford claimed that Russell was used to bring to the attention of the people the understanding of the Bible. In 1953, the Watchtower quote Russell five times in a pamphlet entitled Jehovah's Witnesses, Christians or Communists. So, as we continue on, it must be mentioned that Dr. Walter Martin, who is the founder of the Christian Research Institute, he determined that a careful perusal of the facts will reveal that the Jehovah's Witnesses never stopped being Russellites, no matter how the Watchtower denies it. On the death of F.W. Franz in 1992, Vice President Milton Henschel was elevated to president. President Watchtower membership totals over 6 million, with over 40,000 new converts being baptized in the United States. The Watchtower appears to be most pristine and godly organization on the earth if you look at it superficially. They revel in the fact that their leaders have no salary, no special titles, and no special dress or attire. But the truth is, Jehovah's Witnesses have just as many divorces, drug addictions, alcoholics, psychiatric cases, pedophilias, homosexuality, social abuse cases, adulteries, fornications, as any other group of people. See, the Watchtower may boast that they don't collect offerings in the Kingdom Hall, but with mandatory field service and the selling of magazines, six million people will raise millions of Benjamins. In other words, don't believe the hype. The Watchtower is an absolute autocracy. What does that mean? All authority is vested in the governing body. With the current leader Don Adams as its president, even the authority to understand and teach the Bible is left with the governing body. They govern the 8.6 million members of the Watchtower Bible Tract Society. The governing body in its efforts to insulate itself from libel suits resulting from their forbidding of blood transfusions and members dying along with the multiple uh, pedophilia lawsuits, the cases due to their practice of slamming or shunning and fracturing families, the governing body has restructured itself to an LLC, a limited liability corporation, so that way they won't be personally liable for all of their injurious and carcinogenic teachings and results. And recently it's been determined that they're going to be selling their Brooklyn headquarters for $1 billion to move upstate to Warwick, New York. See, there are many celebrities who testify to being Jehovah Witnesses. Included in that celebrity list is the late Prince, Venus and Serena Williams, R&B singer Marcus Houston is Jehovah's Witness, the Damons, Wayans, 
and Damon Wayans Jr., the Wayans family, their Jehovah's Witness. In addition, members of the Jackson family are Jehovah's Witnesses. The Watchtower sternly asserts that Jehovah's visible organization under Christ is the channel for bringing the divine interpretation of his word to his people. The Watchtower calls itself the instrument giving meat to his people in due season. In one December 2002 edition of the Watchtower, it says on page 17, private reading of the Bible is not enough. The discreet slave class, which is the governing body, is needed. Witnesses are told to commit to the demands of the society, for the society is essential for life, so they must submit and accept every aspect of what the society and the governing body recommends. They are required to adhere to its decisions and its scriptural understanding. Witnesses are to avoid independent thinking. The Watchtower says fight independent thinking. And finally, the Watchtower tells Jehovah's Witnesses, identify with the organization and serve God as part of it. And we thank God today for you tuning into this Truth Matters podcast, and we're going to be continuing in this very important teaching and examination of the Watchtower Bible and Track Society. You pray for us in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>